Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. This morning, we are going to continue in our series entitled, When God Speaks. And this particular message is talking about discerning God's will. And, and that's something that I believe every one of us need to discern when it comes to knowing the will of God. And I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, you can look at the screen behind me. Acts 22, verses 14 and 15. And we're going to read this passage and then pray. But I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word in respect to the word of God, which I believe is the truth. It's the source of life, of how we are to live, how we are to act. It is the means by which we, I believe, come to hear God's voice. So Acts 22, verse 14 and 15, and and these words were spoken by Ananias to the Apostle Paul at his conversion. And so I believe even though this was specifically spoken to the Apostle Paul, who's at that time, his name was Saul, I believe this word is relevant for every one of us. And we can receive this. This word, I believe, God can make personal to you. So let's read it, verse 14. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. Notice it says, the God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will. Will you receive that? God's appointed for you to know his will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in this place. And we thank you for the ministry of your word. And as as your word goes forth, that it will minister life, that it will bring revelation, insight, and understanding to the people that are listening. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the revealing, the unfolding, and the expression of your will made known to us so that we can live our lives in your will. In Jesus' name we pray. And Father, we also lift up every graduate, and we thank you, Father, for the season that they're stepping into as they graduate and move forward into careers, or the process of of looking for work. Father, we thank you for the future of those graduates. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. Well, you may be seated. I believe that God is doing something so incredible in the lives of the people at Refuge. And I believe that no one can really take the credit for that. So we give the glory to God. God is doing something very significant. And, and I, I believe that as Jesus himself stated, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I truly believe Jesus Christ is building refuge. And no matter what the enemy tries to do, it will not prevail or hold, or hold back what God wants to do at refuge. We have a mission to reach our city. We have a mission to make a difference here in central Wisconsin. And see, I don't, 
I don't want to hinder what God wants to do at refuge. I want to nurture that. I don't want to get in the way with my preconceived ideas or with my personal preferences, but I want to really clearly hear from God so we can take what God says and move with that. And you need to understand that myself, Pastor Deb, and the leadership of this church is earnestly and diligently seeking God for his direction and his directives for this church body so that we can be a ministry in this community that is making a difference in the kingdom of God. And so I believe that we need to see our city saved. And God wants to use you as a strategic part of reaching our community and beyond. It's not limited to just our city, right? Now, in, in Deb, in my absence, uh, we actually just returned from Australia. We were there visiting our daughter. We had an opportunity. She actually is attending Hillsong uh, College. And uh, she's going there for uh, vocal and, and worship. And so that's her calling at the age of 12. God planted that in her heart. And it was just a, a strong conviction as a young girl that wanted to really use her gifts to serve the purpose of God. And uh, at one point, Deb tried to discourage her because she didn't want her little girl going so far away from home. You know, that's a ways, 9,200 miles to be exact, a straight shot from here to Sydney. But um, after a point, at one point, Mackenzie said, Mom, I feel that every time you try to discourage me from going to Hillsong, that you don't think I can hear from God. And after that, Pastor Deb realized, okay, I'm not going to interfere with this. If, if she believes she's heard from God, I need to encourage her. And, and God, I really believe, spoke to her. And, and when we were there, we could see the evidence of, of how God has put her in an environment where she's being trained and equipped for the calling on her life which is part of God's will for her. Now, even though that's hard for mom and dad to let go of, we know that's part of God's plan and purpose for her life. And so we were there. We got to experience a, a church at Hillsong and, and just to see what God is doing in that environment that's impacting the whole world through worship and through the ministry of the word. And so we were truly blessed. Australia is a beautiful country. I got to drive on the wrong side of the road sitting on the wrong side of the vehicle. And I finally got it down after a few screams from uh, my wife and my daughter. Um, we, we were able to manage. You know, when you turn on the wrong, going on the wrong side of the road and you're facing other traffic, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, okay? Um, and being pulled over and get a nice little warning with some smiling officers, thinking this American, he doesn't know what he's doing, okay? Anyway, so... But in our absence, uh, Tim Kleiner did an amazing job ministering the last in the series on the road to the cross, which was entitled Jesus' Last Words. And, and if you haven't listened to this message, you can check out the podcast, because I believe it will give you a greater revelation of the power of, of Jesus' resurrection, realizing that same power resides in us, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And it has a direct impact upon your life and how you live your life. And then uh, the week after, Matt Cruz. Did you enjoy Matt Cruz? What a powerful time to bring the word, not only Sunday morning, but Sunday night to the young adults. And, and, and just igniting a fresh passion and zeal for God. 
And something he said that I thought was really good. We have someone standing beside us that is stronger than the one standing against us. If God is for you, who can be against you? What challenge are you facing that you can't overcome because Jesus is there to walk you through it? Amen? And so Sunday night he talked about Jonah. That was a great inspiring message as well. And then last but not least, last Sunday, Pastor Deb, Deb brought the word in a, first, in a part of the series of, entitled The Voice of Wisdom. And I tell you, every time she speaks, it's wisdom. So that, was, that message was no problem for her, bringing insights from the word of God that can bless us and, and which did. So I appreciate others that stand in this pulpit and minister the word of God. I consider it an honor to stand before you. I humbly come before you, and my desire is for you to receive something from God's word today. Okay? So now when God speaks, well, creation is a result of when God spoke, right? When God speaks, miracles happen. When God speaks, life is formed. Dead things live again. When God speaks, defeat is changed to victory. When God speaks, darkness is turned to light. Hatred turns to love. When God speaks, the sinner is forgiven. And everything changes and lives are transformed. One word from God can change your life. See, Peter walking on the water, you know, he, I don't know of any other man that has walked on water unless you live in the frozen chosen part of the world and it's uh, 20 below and you're walking on frozen solid ice. But Peter walked on water with one word from Jesus. He said, come. With that one word, he stepped out of the boat and he began to walk towards Jesus on water. And, and so you will be able to do significant things in this life, things you never thought you could do when you respond to the word when God speaks. Now, when God speaks, not everyone listens. Not like E.F. Hutton. Now, some of you, that's probably before your time. But there was a commercial years ago that would come out. And there was this guy, he was a financial guru. And the whole commercial was when E.F. Hutton, I'll get his name, name right here. When E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens. So the commercial would go this way and all this buzz of people talking. And all of a sudden, E.F. Hutton is sitting there and he starts to talk in silence in the room. And everybody leans in to hear what E.F. Hutton has to say. So sadly, when God speaks, not everyone listens. Why? Because not everyone recognizes his voice. Not everyone believes his voice. Some may doubt, some may question, some may wonder, which can cause confusion when it comes to actually discerning his will. And that's what this message is about. We want to talk about discerning his will. Discerning his will, I have actually three points to share with you this morning in this message. But before I address discerning his will, I want to address the how. Okay? Because, uh, in fact, the how God speaks. So number one, this is point number one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. To discern God's will, you have to know how he speaks. 
to discern God's will, you have to know how he speaks. So how does God speak? Well, the primary way that he speaks to us is through the word of God, through the written word of God, the Bible. That is the first, foremost, and primary way by which God speaks to us. The Bible is God's love letter to humanity. If you notice, it's called the New Testament and Old Testament. A testament is what is often called the will, the last will and testament. So this is God's will written and printed on pages for you and I to read, to observe, to take heed to. This is his wish. This is his desire. This is what he left us with, okay? And so um, it's the most powerful book on earth. You want to make somebody nervous? I'm not recommending this. Uh, Even on the airplane, if I pull my Bible out, I'm sitting next to a stranger, and I put it on my lap, People look at it, it makes them a little bit nervous. Unless they believe it, they say, oh, you got the Bible. And you go somewhere, and you go to a store or something, and, and you put a book on the counter, the Bible on the counter, you're going to make people nervous. Because what, they're going to think, like, are you preaching at us or what? But this book, there's no other book like it. It's the most published Book in the whole wide world, it still leads. No other book has outpublished the Bible. It's been printed in multiple languages. It's around this world to be able to inspire, to give us what we need to do to find salvation, how to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to live life right, and to walk in God's provision and all of His promises. So, I'm going to give you a couple of verses. Along the lines of this, and this is from the Passion Translation, the first two, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 from the Passion Translation. And I love how this reads. It says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction, and leads you deeper into path, into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Wow. That's what the word will do for you. It will correct you. That's why some people don't want to hear the word, because they don't want to be corrected. They don't want to be challenged. They're too comfortable with how they're living. But it will give you the strength to make the right decision, give you the direction to lead you into the deeper path of godliness. It will equip you to live life the way God wants you to and has intended you to live, okay? Also, we see in the Passion Translation, Hebrews 4.12, which also is a powerful verse. It says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, And it pierces more sharply than any two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Wow, now we could spend the whole message just talking about that verse right there. 
the power of God's word and what it can do in a life. It's living. It's active. And then another verse we see from the voice translation, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. I'm, I'm giving you scripture foundation. So, and this really uh, is important for you because there's a lot of people that are trying to undermine the Bible. They're trying to discredit the Bible. But these forces are trying to basically undermine God because this is his written document. And But this verse, I think, helps us to understand a little more. Second Peter 1, 20, 21 says, No prophecy found in Scripture is a matter of the prophet's own interpretation. Prophecy has never been a product of human initiative, but it comes when men and women who are moved to speak on behalf of God by the Holy Spirit. So God moved upon men to write these scriptures and gave them the wisdom, the insight, the revelation to put this on paper and uh, on scrolls back then. But it's been preserved for you and I to this very day. Thank God. Okay, so that's the primary way God speaks. The second way God speaks to us, or I say secondary ways, because there's several other ways God may speak to us. Uh, He speaks to us another way, secondary, is through the inward witness of God's spirit, where he speaks directly to our human spirit, our conscience, or the inner man, or our heart. And we see a a scripture, Romans 8.16, for a reference. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. Now, Now, let me tell you this. How do you know that you're God's child? It's something that God, by his Spirit, communicates to our heart. We just know that we know that we know. We have that inward knowing, that inward assurance. It's an understanding. It's a revelation that no one can talk us out of. Now, if you were to try to argue with me or debate with me whether or not I'm a child of God or whether or not I have a relationship with Jesus, I would say, no, I believe that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, not based on the fact that I've been to heaven, or really know somebody that's been there and come back, but based on the fact that it's written in the Word. I have that assurance. I have that confidence. Now, there was a time in my life where I questioned my salvation because I was basing it on my good works and not on faith in Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for me. But that's changed now. Now I can tell you that I know I'm saved. I know I'm a child of God because the Spirit of God has borne witness of that truth in my heart. I spoke a little bit yesterday with a Jehovah Witness that came to our door. Her name was Betsy. And I had a conversation with her, and I shared with her about having a revelation of receiving salvation and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. She didn't understand that. She couldn't comprehend that because she was basing her salvation on her good works, not on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Even though she claimed to believe in Jesus, she had not received him as her Lord and Savior. But I have, and many of you have. And if you haven't, today is your day to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, okay? Now, he also speaks to the prophets, his prophets. The prophetic voice. A a prophet speaks a word uh, he or she receives from God. But it must be judged in light of biblical truth. Now, uh, I, you know, you don't want to necessarily go around claiming to be a prophet, but 
prophecy is a gift we see in the New Testament that was operational that also operates today in the present church. And we see a, a couple of references, one in the old, one in the new. In Second Chronicles 20, 20, it says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And we call this 2020 vision, Second Chronicles 2020, because you believe in God, and then you take heed to the prophetic voice, how God speaks his word and communicates to us through the prophetic voice. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. One thing about prophecy must be judged. And how is it judged? It's judged in light of the Scripture. A prophetic word, if, if you get a word from God, if it's a, uh, like it's somebody saying to you, I believe the Lord has given me a word for you, and they share this word with you. If it doesn't align with the word of God, if it doesn't bear witness with the Spirit of God within you, um, it may not be right on. It needs to be judged in the light of the truth. And, and there's certain criteria that we use when we judge prophecy. Okay? Now, he also speaks through visions and dreams. Now, I don't know. I, I'm a little jealous of my wife, but Deb will have these dreams where God will reveal things supernaturally to her that she could not know anywhere in the natural. And she'll wake up, and when she wakes up from these dreams, she senses God's presence around her. And, and it's, it's a dream that gives her a message. And many times it has to do with a person. It has to do with a situation. But God gives you insight and revelation concerning that. The scripture tells us in Acts 2.17 that in the last days it shall be so. And how many of you would think these are the last days? Now, this was spoken almost 2,000 years ago, so now... These are the last of the last days. But this was on the day of Pentecost. Peter uh, spoke this. And, and he was quoting from the prophet Joel in uh, Joel 2.28 in the Old Testament. He said, in the last days it shall be, God declares that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And, and we see throughout scriptures, throughout the scripture, where men and women received visions and had dreams and gained insight. Uh, even Pilate's wife had a dream about Jesus and warned her husband, don't mess with this guy. This is an innocent man. This is a godly man. Don't mess with him. There's something supernatural about him. But uh, Pilate didn't listen. Uh, like some husbands don't listen to the wisdom when, and not, you know, I could go on another tangent, okay? Another tangent. I have learned that it's important to listen in many capacities. You need to listen to your children at times. You need to hear their heart. Husbands, you need to listen to your wife. You need to hear their heart. Wives, you need to listen to your husbands. You need to hear their heart. We need to listen to one another, okay? Uh, that's an element of kindness when you're kind to one another. Part of that kindness means we listen. We really hear them out because there may be something valid that they're saying to us, okay? All right. Now realize that the secondary ways God speaks must never conflict or contradict with the written word. The Bible is the filter to confirm what we have heard from God, okay? If it doesn't line up with the word, you can put it on, you know, uh, file 13. 
which is a trash, ba- um, trash basket, okay? Anyway, ready for point number two. What was point number one? Remember what point number one was? To discern God's will, you have to know how he speaks. Point number two, to discern God's will, you have to decide to listen. We just started talking about that. Hearing from God is a choice. Matthew eleven fifteen. you can jot that down. Uh, Jesus states, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now this verse is recorded five other times in the Gospels. We see it actually six in total in the Gospels, five other times. Of Matthew 13, 9, Matthew 13, 43, Mark 4, 9, Luke 8, 8. In Luke 14, 35, Jesus made that statement, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we're encouraged to listen. We're encouraged to hear. Mm-hmm. You might say that God never speaks to me. Mm. Well, you know what? God is speaking, but you may have given him a deaf ear. So you need to give him a chance. And if you claim that God never talks to you, never speaks to you, the first question I'm going to ask you is, tell me about your prayer life. Because when you spend time in prayer, that's, that's a, a place where God can speak to you and reveal and make his will known to you, where you begin to have a sense of his direction in your life, where you can be postured to really hear his voice, okay? And in Revelation 2.29 it reads, he who has an ear, pull your ear for a moment, okay? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit is speaking to the churches. And the book of Revelation states this verse seven times. It's also seen in Revelation 2, 7, 2, 11, 2, 29, 3, 6. You don't have to write that down. 3, 13 and 3, 22. It's there. Just check it out later. But Again, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Spirit of God is speaking. One place in Timothy, it says he speaks expressively in these last days. God is speaking today. Now, you may have the ability to hear, but not the capacity to listen. And that's where you have to make a choice. To listen is a choice which demands a response to what you hear. Because... You know, our children may hear the instruction we give them, clean up your room, clean up your room. But they haven't really listened until they carry out that instruction. They heard you, but they didn't listen. So listening implies a little more. It actually is responsive action to what you've just heard. Okay, we're giving heed to it. We're taking it to heart. People many times only hear what they want to hear So they fail to listen, and the result is they ignore God's voice. So there's, and actually there's there's three factors that need to be considered to fulfill his will for your life. And it's first of all, his known will, what is his plan? You need to discover that. And then you need to discover the timing, the right timing to carry that plan out. Then thirdly, the right method. And those three things need to line up. And sometimes people are wanting to step out on what they believe God's will is, but the timing is wrong. Or the method they're trying to carry it out is wrong. 
And you can have God's will, but wrong timing, and you can miss God. You can have God's will and use a different or wrong method and miss God. So those three need to align for you to fulfill an assignment from God. And I believe God is giving assignments. There are things that he's commissioning each and every one of us to do. It may be something just like maybe going to your neighbor and sharing the gospel with them, maybe taking them an apple pie. You know, Francis is good at that. You know, he could take people pies because he bakes good pies. Um, in fact, I haven't had one lately. So, Francis, if you're listening. <laughs> Where are you, Francis? <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're good. Uh, get, and, and he won't give the recipe, but he, he may give you a piece of the pie. Okay. <laughs> I think you'll share the recipe, but they're good. And now, now I'm hungry all of a sudden. Anyway. And I lost my place, too. <laughs> Don't get me talking about apple pie, okay? So, Jeremiah 25, 4, and this addresses those who fail to listen. It said, you've neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you his servants, the prophets. In other words, God was trying to get to you, but you just didn't listen. You're ignoring the message that God's trying to bring to you. God is speaking, but he's not always perceived or heard. In Job 33, 14, the scripture reads, For God speaks in one way, and in two, though man does not perceive it. Now, that's why we need discernment. That's why we need discernment. Now, this next point, point number three, is the most profound point that I'm going to share today. So are you ready for point number three? Are you ready for point number three? To discern God's will, we need discernment. Okay? To discern God's will, we need discernment. I can't break it down any simpler than that, okay? Um, now, you might say, Where is that? how is that profound? Well, it's just the point. Okay? <laughs> so, do you want to know his will? To know his will, you need discernment. And so discernment is something we can pray for. And I, I love Ephesians 1.9. In fact, in Ephesians, it talks about how God, through God's grace, we receive uh, forgiveness of sins through his redemption and his mercy. There's all this good stuff coming into our lives. But verse 9 in the, in the uh, download of, of Ephesians 1, there's another statement that it includes what God wants to do in our lives making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Wow, that's powerful. Now, a mystery is something that needs to be revealed. Anything that's a mystery, you have to search it out. You have to discover what it is so that it will no longer be a mystery. So for many, God's will is a mystery to them. And they don't know his will. It's a mystery to them. But God will make it known, the mystery of his will, so it will be clear, concise, and understood. And it will be according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So it's referenced in relationship with Jesus, okay? Now, you won't experience God's will until you submit yourself to God's will. And I believe this is a matter of trust. There's actually two aspects to the will of God. His general will, 
which is revealed in the scriptures. There's so much in God's general will that's revealed right here. But then there's specific will that has to deal with life choices, who you marry, where you work, uh, what you major in, uh, where do you live, uh, you know, those kind of decisions, you know, in life. And then we need discernment, actually, to make right choices. Discernment, and I'm going to give this as a definition, uh, first part one of the definition. Discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what for some may be obscure. It is the ability to see what is not evident to the average mind. Now we see uh, in the book of Hosea, chapter 14, verse 9, uh, this was a time uh, in, in uh, Israel where God is appealing to his people to return to him with promises to bless, heal, and restore. Uh, for his people uh, were to recognize and understand this appeal to God, but they didn't understand because they didn't have discernment. And Hebrews 4.19 reads, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. In other words, when you really see the ways of God, some people can stumble over them, but the discerning in heart uh, will delight in them. Do you understand? Does that make sense? The discerning, or I should say the undiscerning, are disadvantaged when it comes to having or showing good judgment. Discernment is to show good judgment and is needed to recognize God's voice in response to what we're presently going through. Because you may be going through something right now. And it may be a difficult situation, difficult circumstance. But God wants to give you discernment so you can recognize his voice in the midst of whatever you're going through. Just as Israel, they were going through difficult times. And God was speaking to their situation so that he could bring them into a place of promise rather than a place of bondage where they were. Discernment is required to understand the will of God. The Spirit of God, I believe, alerts and quickens discernment at times and seasons that we're in. Like right now, whatever you're going through, God has discernment that he wants to reveal and speak certain things into your life. Lack of discernment of the ways of the Lord will actually cause people to stumble over them. Because it takes a discerning heart to know and to understand them. Romans 12.2, and, and before I read this, Romans 12.1 is what we do with our bodies. Sometimes people don't know what to do with their bodies. Well, the scripture tells us, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable, and it's a reasonable service for you. So we can all present our bodies to God for his service so that our bodies can be used for him. But verse 2 talks about what we do with our minds. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may, notice, discern what the will of God. Discern what is the will of God. What is the good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, when we conform our minds to the Word of God, when we're conformed and tra or transformed by the Word of God, 
then we will have discernment of the will of God. We will then begin to know and understand what his good, acceptable, and perfect will is. Discernment, I believe, is greatly needed in this life because if we don't have great discernment, we may fall prey to great deception. And I don't want to be deceived, and I don't want you to be deceived. We gain discernment through the renewing of our mind when we acquire knowledge and understanding of the Word. That's where we gain discernment. So you want discernment? That means you need to get in the Word. You pray for discernment, you need to get in the Word. And you need to be transformed by the power of the Word. It will transform your thinking, the way you think, the way you perceive things, the way you look at situations. In fact, the Word of God will change your outlook of the very situation you're dealing with right now. It will cause you to see it from a different perspective. It will cause you to see it from a place of victory rather than a place of defeat. Okay? So, now in the context of Romans 12, 2, to exercise discernment, we must first determine that we will not be conformed to the pattern of this world's ungodly influence. So refusal to be conformed to the world is a test. It's really a test. Are we going to be like the world? Are we going to look like the world? Are we going to do what the world does? Or are we going to let our lives reflect what the Word speaks? Okay? So through the renewing of our minds to the Word of God, we are positioned to discern His will. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. See, if you're looking at everything in the natural, you're going to miss out on God's discernment. You're not going to see things the way God wants you to see things. But because the Spirit of God will help you to have understanding, to see what others don't see. Not only do we need discernment concerning natural or practical matters of life, uh, which we may call Common sense. How many of you know common sense isn't so common anymore? But, but we need common sense over practical things. But we also need discernment regarding spiritual matters. Because there's a lot of people that are spiritually wacko. They're messed up. They're just like out in ozone somewhere. And, but we, we got to, you know, we, we can't be so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. But we can be heavenly minded and earthly good, okay? So... Our understanding, we realize, is limited without spiritual discernment. My second part of the definition of discernment is to discern means to go beyond the surface. It's a searching mind and heart that goes beyond what is obvious or superficial. Discernment is the ability to distinguish and select what is true, what is appropriate, and what is excellent. See, if, if, if you are a lady and you love to go grocery shopping or some man, if you like to go grocery shopping, and you go up to the fruit section, and if you, you need discernment when you go to the fruit section, right? Now, if you don't have discernment, you may come home with something that's rotten or something that's not even close to being right. And, and I've, I've often noticed the ladies and even the guys In the grocery store, they're squeezing the fruit. They're checking it out. They're looking at it. They're examining it. You know what they're doing? They're discerning whether that's going to be the best for their family, for their table, right? 
So that's part of discernment. It's to be able to look at a situation and make a good choice, a good selection, okay? Now, many believers lack spiritual discernment, yet it's accessible to the believer through the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 37, and we're going to be closing in just a moment. Psalm 37, 23, it says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. When we delight in God's way, then God will begin to order your steps. When I delight in God's way, I will be in and know his will, and my steps will be ordered or established by the Lord because I'm in submission to his word. See, when when you walk in God's ways, you will come to a place where you will know his will. And it, it won't be such a struggle or strain. You know, I don't know how many times people have come to me and they're making a life decision, important life decision. And, and they're looking to me maybe to give them direction or to give them an answer. And I won't answer, I won't, you know, tell them what they need to do. But I'll help guide them to a decision. And very often, they already have the answer. They already know what God's been speaking to their heart. They just need confirmation. And maybe it's because they're a little bit resisting what they believe God or what they're sensing God spoke to them. But, you know, a lot of times people are uh, trying to find a way out. God, I need a way out of, of this. But if God has spoken something to you and it doesn't go away and it keeps stirring in your heart, you need to be, begin to pray about that and, and begin to act on that at some point. And if you need to seek godly counsel, the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there's safety, do that. But don't just go out on a whim and, and do something crazy, okay? First um, Thessalonians 5.18. This is a starting place for all of us. You want to know God's will for your life? You want to know God's will for your situation right now? You want to know God's will and, and you're in a place where you don't really feel you know it? This is the verse for you. You can put this on your refrigerator. You can put this on your bathroom mirror. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay? Start by giving thanks in whatever circumstance you're presently in. The scripture says, This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if if you get nothing else about what I shared this morning, take this home with you. If you want to know the will of God, start by becoming thankful in the situation you're in right now. Not necessarily thankful for the, the bad circumstance, but thankful because you serve a God who's going to bring you through it. You're serving a God who's going to bring answers where you have need. So what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about this message this morning? Take a moment and think about that. Do you have a decision you need to make right now? What is your next step? I want you to ask for godly discernment. To truly be led by the Spirit requires that you be filled with the Spirit. And Jesus wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can Have him readily as your guide, the one who leads you, guides you, and manifests and directs you in the way that you should go.
So many people blame God for their own bad decisions. We have to get in the habit of making good decisions that are directed by God. Don't blame God for a bad decision you made. So what is the strategy? What is the right step? What is the next step? You need to know the next step for your life. Are you willing to ask God? Ask God. God, I need to know the next step. What is your will for me? I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's out of Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And it's actually a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Colossians. And it reads, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Father, I pray this prayer for everyone here. That they may be filled with the knowledge of your will and our wisdom, spiritual wisdom and understanding. In order that they may walk in a manner worthy of you to please you, to bear fruit for you in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. In Jesus' name. Do you receive that prayer? Thank you, Jesus. Be filled with the knowledge of his will. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've never really committed my life to Christ. I've never really surrendered to Him. Or maybe at one time in your life you've walked with God, but now you've kind of drifted away. And the Spirit of God, even at this moment, is, is tugging at your heart. You say, I don't know that my life is right with God. In fact, if you were to die today, would you be ready to meet Him? Would you be accepted into His kingdom? And maybe you have questions or doubts regarding that, but the real issue is, have you made your peace with God? To make your peace with God is not difficult, but it takes a willing heart, it takes a surrender, it takes repentance, which means to change directions, to turn from your sinful ways, your sinful behavior, and turn to Christ. To believe that He died for your sins, He took your place, He became the sacrifice. He bore your sins so that you could be forgiven, receiving his mercy. And he gives you a new heart, a new life when you accept him, when you believe in your heart that he died from, died in your place and he rose from the dead and you confess him as Lord. Is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I don't know that my life is right with God. Just lift your hand, and we'll pray a prayer together. See that hand? I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. You can put them down. We're going to stand together. We're going to pray that prayer. Everyone's going to pray 
this prayer together. It's what I call a believer's prayer. It's a prayer we pray when we put our faith in Jesus, when we receive salvation, when we receive his forgiveness, when we receive the gift of eternal life. The Bible talks about it as being born again. To be born again, it means we receive his life, a new life, a fresh start. Repeat after me this prayer. If you raise your hand and all of us can pray together. Heavenly Father, I humbly come before you today to give you my heart, to give you my life. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you give me new life. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you. Amen. Now, Father, I just pray for everyone here that the word they heard would bear fruit and take root in their hearts. Father, that your will would be made known where there's doubts, where there's confusion, where there's misunderstanding. Bring clarity and understanding. Give us discernment, O God, to know your will. In Jesus' name. We're going to worship together and after the song we're going to invite the prayer team up. And anyone desiring prayer, uh, we're going to invite you to come. If you raised your hand, uh, those on the prayer team will pray with you. And they'll actually have some more information they can give you to help you in your walk with God if you made a decision for Christ today. If you have any other need for prayer, if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the Holy Spirit's gift that he has for all of us, to have that power, to have that greater insight and understanding that's available as well. Thank you so much for being so attentive to the word. Uh, God bless you. Let's, let's worship him, okay? At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.net.